Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Rams Up, your Los Angeles Rams podcast. We're a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover just about any SoCal sports team, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Well, Ram fans... Has the mighty NFC West fallen or what? Kind of a good thing considering what happened Thursday night with the Rams, but the 49ers, I don't know what to say about them. Weird game. They lose at Chicago, and the Cardinals not very much better at home against Kansas City. Seattle still yet to play. I'll get into that more in our loop around the league and Hey, we're kind of getting back into our groove here, our regular season groove. We'll have our loop around the league on our Sunday night, Monday morning drop. That would usually include extensive notes on the Rams game, but that's obviously not happening this weekend. And we also have a new sports pet peeve. Haven't had one in quite a while. And I'm going to share with you my fearsome four reasons Ram fans should not be panicking after that horrible loss to the Bills. But before we get to all of that, I wanted to revisit some things related to the Thursday night loss. And before I get started, I want to remind you, please check out our YouTube channel. Jump on there, subscribe, like our videos, and feel free to comment, engage all you want. We'd appreciate it. 
any comments and interaction are welcome. Really want to get that rolling. It's starting to pick up a little bit. So uh, pretty happy with how that's turning out so far. Now back to that Rams-Bills game. I said right after the game that the Rams should have got Kyren Williams involved. And then it turns out after the game, I found out he had been hurt. He hurt his ankle. Uh, he's out with surgery. Shared that on the YouTube drop. And I was trying to think, about when did this guy get hurt? And it turns out he was in for one snap on special teams in the first quarter, and that's when he hurt himself. So Kyron Williams out six to eight weeks. And uh, be interesting to see if the Rams make a move in the running back department, maybe call up Trey Ragus. We already talked about the shuffling along the offensive line. Shelton moving to center. Ankrum moving in at guard with, with Brian Allen out. And hey, I'm going to pat myself on the back one more time. When that 53rd roster spot was still open, one of the things I said is, that, hey, maybe they should bring in a backup center. But uh, I think they're happy with Coleman Shelton manning that spot and Ankrum. I've always liked to remain Ankrum. This will be our first chance to see him in extended action, though. And the offensive line struggled. So let's hope they get it together with yet another new guy in there. Sean McVay kind of went off on Cam Akers, subtly anyways, suggesting that he needs to step it up, renew his focus. Uh, there was a video shared all over the internet that was not very flattering of Cam Akers bailing out on a block. I, I think it looked worse than it really was. I think he had to make a decision. Do I pick up this block or do I try to float out and give Stafford an outlet? Uh, he made the wrong decision, though. And I think that's one of the things McVay must have been upset about. Rams running backs have to pass block, and Cam Akers may be failing in that department in the Rams' eyes anyways. Our friend over at USA Today Rams Wire, Cam De Silva, posted some images of Allen Robinson actually pretty open on several patterns. So any criticism of Robinson maybe should be redirected to Stafford or maybe our O-line. Stafford not being comfortable and throwing the ball where he was most comfortable, namely a guy named Cooper Cup. So don't give up on Robinson quite yet. We better not. I mean, we really need him. We need that Stafford and Robinson connection to get going. And that's why I said, man, they got to get him the ball early any way they can. Have some designed plays for that guy. And they didn't do it. And by the way, Buffalo remains one of the four teams Sean McVay has not beaten, the others being the Jets, Dolphins, and Steelers. But maybe McVay will get another crack at them in February. We can only hope. And as I said in my YouTube drop the day after the game, I should have mentioned Cup and Gay as players of the game. I had already mentioned what a great game Cup had, especially considering the circumstances. But when I got to the player of the game segment, I was really scratching and clawing for names, and I came up with Daryl Henderson and Troy Hill, who I thought both had good games. Henderson, at least in some respects, he, he wasn't perfect, that's for sure. I should have mentioned Matt Gay, and I certainly should have mentioned Cooper Cup. And as I said on the YouTube channel, from now on, it's just going to be aside from Cooper Cup, who had a great game, because he seems to be in that mix every week. If you're wondering about pro football focus grades, Cup and Brandon Powell both had good numbers. Powell, not a lot of data points. Uh, I did not like Powell's decision to run it out at the start of the second half. Coleman, Shelton, Brian Allen, and Rob Havenstein, believe it or not, were okay. Numbers weren't that bad. 
Noteboom, solid in the run game, really bad in pass protection. Ernest Jones, 91.2. He, right now, is our best linebacker. Nick Scott, A.D., Marquise Copeland, and Troy Hill all graded out well. Leonard Floyd and Justin Hollins actually both graded poorly. Terrell Lewis was just kind of okay. Jalen Ramsey gave up six catches for 103 yards and two TDs in a max quarterback rating of 158.3. And what concerns me about Ramsey is it's a bit of a trend here. Ever since that Tampa Bay game, gave up the big touchdown to Mike Evans, got beat by Jamar Chase at least once. Once we had that face mask that was not called. So we'll cut him some slack on that one. But still, Ramsey is not playing well. Uh, over the end of last year and the beginning of this year. I'm confident he'll be back. This team needs him to play at an elite level. He's paid at an elite level, but Rams need him badly to get back to his true self and make plays all over the field for this defensive backfield. And I wanted to touch on this news that broke Sunday morning. At least that's when I heard it. According to Adam Schefter of ESPN, Jimmy G had contract discussions with the Rams. Schefter pointed out, you know, the Rams are known for this, for signing productive veterans. Now, it doesn't make sense to me, though, because Jimmy G is not going to play. He's not going to play for the Rams. Is he want to be a backup to Stafford? Were the Rams so concerned about Stafford's elbow that they thought about bringing on Jimmy G? I don't know. It doesn't make sense for Jimmy G. It doesn't make sense for the Rams to uh, carry that salary on a backup quarterback, I, I think he's better than either of the guys we have, and he'd be great. doesn't make sense to me unless you had significant concerns about that elbow. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe that's what was happening. But Jimmy G backing up Trey Lance, and will he continue to back up Trey Lance? I'll talk more about that in our loop around the league. And I will mention real briefly, USC, their football team, looking dynamite. They are so exciting, creeping up the rankings. And hey, could they make it to that college football playoff? They got a shot at it. Gotta love what's going on over there. And UCLA, they might be okay too. Got an easy schedule. So very happy to see where college football is headed in Southern California. We'll be back in a second with my Fearsome four reasons Rams fans should not be panicking. That'll be followed by our loop around the league and my latest sports pet peeve. Hey everybody, one of the things I love to do when I have some free time is to pull up some YouTube videos with some of my favorite bands from back in the day, some of these great live performances that are out there, and that's what I use my Raycon wireless earbuds for. They are awesome. They look and feel better than ever. They have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, lots of good stuff. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code TPPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com code TPPN15. And remember, when you use that code, you support Rams Up, our podcast, and our YouTube channel. 
Okay, Ram fans, I've had a few days to sift through the carnage of this loss to the Bills, and I'm going to give you my fearsome four reasons we should not be panicking. And one reason I'm not going to go to is the data points shared across the internet that there are plenty of examples of teams coming out on opening day and stinking up the joint and going on to have good seasons. That's a nice to know. Uh, gives you a little warm fuzzy that the Rams could be on their way to the Super Bowl still. But I'm going to focus on Ram-specific issues, uh, issues that reared their head in this game that maybe are not issues that we really should be that concerned about. And my fearsome key number one was the Rams' offensive line had two new starters. They did not play a single snap together in the preseason, and they went up against a very good D that added Vaughn Miller. Now, they obviously didn't play well, uh, and the running backs did not help much either. And Stafford struggling against that zone defense was another factor. But, you know, this offensive line, maybe, maybe it was a mistake not getting them out there for some action together. In retrospect, I think it was. Uh, I still feel very comfortable. Uh, I think this offensive line is going to be okay, pretty good. Now it hurts to lose uh, Brian Allen for a couple weeks or more, but they're going to be okay. Joseph Noteboom, he struggled against a very good edge rusher uh, and uh, did not have a good game in pass blocking. A couple of the guys didn't have a great day either, but this offensive line is going to be okay. Uh, it was just a mistake not to get them in game action, and they just let out didn't play well against a very good front four. There's some reason, too, not to panic. Josh Allen just played incredibly well. I mean, he was on fire. He neutralized the pass rush by getting rid of the ball quickly, extended plays, escaped the pocket, used designed run plays. And, and this is one of the keys to the game that I mentioned is minimizing the amount of times he extends plays and the yardage he gets when doing that. And the Rams really failed miserably. Josh Allen was just on fire. Nothing more to say about it. You got to hand it to him. I don't know uh, if there was really anything we could do to beat the Bills on this night the way he was playing. It was just Josh Allen's night. Nothing more you can say about it. You just hope that if we do get that rematch in the Super Bowl, uh, he maybe stumbles a little bit, but he looked pretty darn good. Looked like the best quarterback in the league to me. For some reason, number three, not to panic. Despite what you may have read, the Rams' pass rush was not as bad as you think. It kind of goes back to what I just talked about. Josh Allen playing so incredibly well and escaping the pocket. That's what I'm getting at. There was an article written by someone. I should have wrote down his name, but he said, another issue with the Rams approach was a lack of a pass rush. They hit Allen twice all night. There was no pressure. Allen was just able to sit back and wait for his receivers to find voids in the zone defense. And I take issue with that. That's not what I saw. Allen was getting rid of the ball really quickly. It wasn't because there was no pressure. The pressure just didn't have time to get there. The ball was out, or Allen just escaped. Now, I don't think we're going to have an elite pass rush, but I think our pass rush is going to be okay. Uh, Rams got to figure a couple things out maybe, but I think this was the wrong take that the Rams' pass rush sucked. That's not what I saw. It was more a case of Josh Allen getting rid of the ball quickly and escaping. For some reason, number four, not to panic. The Rams' defensive game plan was just a bad idea. This 
almost 100% zone, bend, don't break. Uh, maybe in retrospect, it's a bad idea. In hindsight, it's 2020. If the Rams knew that Josh Allen was going to play like that, I can guarantee you they would have taken a different approach. You know, when they finally did start taking some chances, they got burnt. So what does that tell you? Maybe it was the right approach. I don't know. But that was not a good game plan on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Rams need to rethink that. But this is an interconference game against a really good team. You don't know this team that well. You game plan the best you can. Cross your fingers. Hope you guys perform. And that did not happen. We already mentioned Jalen Ramsey's struggles, which is probably the most alarming thing that came out of this game. Not their offensive line, not their pass rush, and not even the coach's ability to game plan effectively. It's more about Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe the Rams just didn't use him right in this defensive game plan either. So those are my fearsome four reasons not to panic. And there are a couple of others. You know, the Rams have a great coaching staff. They're going to get this team on track. It's disappointing to see them come out like that on opening night, but all will be good in Rams world. I'm pretty confident of that. Like I said, they're not going to get to 14 wins. They're going to have a really difficult time getting to 13 wins. We need to get to 11 or maybe 12, and we'll be fine. And this is just a bump in the road. Uh, You're 0-1 after playing perhaps the best team in the league. Hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better. Rams will be okay. Support for Rams Up is brought to you by Manscaped, providing the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered, and you can tell just holding these guys in your hands. I have the lawnmower, their primary male grooming tool. I'm not going to get into the details of how I use it. That's not how I roll. But I will tell you, I was pleased to find out it actually works really well on the beard and mustache as well. And it's waterproof along with the Weed Whacker, which, by the way, is the best nose trimmer I've ever had. They're both waterproof. Take it into the shower. No more mess on your vanity, on your bathroom floor. Man, these products are awesome. So right now, get 20% off and free shipping with the code RAMSUP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Rams up, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Okay, let's get into our loop around the league, covering all the Sunday action. And is it just me, or does the NFL always deliver on week one? There are some crazy stuff going on. I'll save the best stuff for last. Dolphins 20, Patriots 7. New head coach Mike McDaniel comes out of the gate with a win. And that's no small accomplishment when your first coaching job, your first game is against Bill Belichick. Tua looked shaky at times, but he's got a lot of weapons around him. Tyreek Hill there now. Hill had eight catches for 94 yards. I think the Dolphins and the Eagles are going to be two of the funner teams to watch this year. Dolphins defense held the Patriots to 271 total yards. And and this shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. The Dolphins swept the Patriots last year. Commanders 28, Jaguars 22. Kind of a boring game. Carson Wentz ended up throwing for four TDs. Washington led 14-3 at the half. 
but fell behind 22-14 to before rallying. Ravens 24, Jets 9. Lamar Jackson, who I found out before the game, had turned down a contract which included $133 million in guaranteed money, threw for three TDs. Ex-Raven Joe Flacco started for the Jets and had a decent game. I'm thinking this game was a pretty popular survivor pick. Browns 26, Panthers 24, Baker Mayfield. Man, he was talking some crap, huh? He was going to get his revenge. That didn't quite happen. Eagles 38, Lions 35, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown just too much for the Lions. A.J. Brown finishing with 155 yards receiving in his Eagles debut. The Eagles led 31-14, seemed to have everything going their way, but the Lions rallied, made a late push. Jared Goff threw a second quarter pick six, but rallied a bit, finished with 215 yards and two TDs. He still has to be better if the Lions are going to make a playoff push like I think they might, but the Lions did make a game of it. Colts 20, Texans 20. Every year the Colts have that new quarterback that's going to solve their problems. This year it's Matt Ryan. Not happening quite yet. The Texans actually led 20-3 entering the fourth quarter, but the Colts rallied and tied the game with 154 remaining. And then Rodrigo Blankenship missed the 42-yard game winner in overtime. Saints 27, Falcons 26. This game was pretty wild. Boy, the Falcons have some weapons now. Cordell Patterson, Kyle Pitts, the rookie Drake London, and Marcus Mariota can hurt you with his legs. This is not going to be a pushover team for the Rams next week. The Falcons led 26-10 in the fourth quarter and then 26-24 and had the ball third and one with with less than two minutes left. All they got to do is convert and run out the clock, but there's a bad exchange and Mariota has to cover the ball. Falcons punt and sure enough, Winston hits Jarvis Landry for 40 yards and Will Lutz kicks the game winner with 29 seconds left. What a heartbreaker for the Falcons. And like I said, it should be an interesting game for the Rams next week. I think they're favored by 11 at the moment, but don't take this Falcons team for granted. They got some guys that can hurt you on offense. Chiefs 44, Cardinals 21. Mahomes throws for five TDs and... Marquise Brown of the Cardinals had a strange quote after the game. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. We probably could have practiced harder. We definitely could have practiced sharper. No kidding, Marquise. Uh, That's a bad look. Bad look on him and the coaching staff. Cardinals better get their act together. Chargers 24, Raiders 19. The Chargers handle the Raiders without one of their best defensive players, J.C. Jackson. David Carr throws three interceptions, and you know, I'm going to say it, Carr is extremely talented, but there's something missing there. I just don't think he's that quarterback that can lead a team to playoff wins and beyond. Got the talent, but not that it factor in my opinion. Here's another weird one, Giants 22, Titans 21. The Giants scored late to draw within one 21-20. And this team has been struggling to find something to celebrate, so they go for it. They go for the two-point conversion, and Saquon Barkley scores to put them up 22-21. The Titans have 66 seconds left and set themselves up for a 47-yard game-winning field goal as time runs out, and the reliable Randy Bullock misses it. 
Barkley, by the way, finished with 164 yards rushing on just 18 carries. Vikings 23, Packers 7, Aaron Rodgers held for under 200 yards passing. I think he's really lacking in weapons from what I can see. No such problem for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook 20 carries for 90 yards, but how about Justin Jefferson? He talked his game up during the offseason, and he's backing it up. Nine receptions for 184 yards and two touchdowns. He is the real deal. Bears 19, 49ers 10, and I watched most of this game rooting for my Bears, my second favorite team, at least on this Sunday. The Niners dominated the first half. They really had controlled this game, but only led 10 to nothing. Much of the game was played in a downpour. There was a weird play in the first half. The Bears had a chance to kick a field goal, but the punter brought a towel out and tried to wipe down the spot where he was going to be setting up for the hold and 15-yard penalty, and the Bears had to punt. But give the Bears credit. You know, I really love Justin Fields. When I say David Carr doesn't have that it factor, I think Justin Fields does. I love this guy. Came up with a couple big plays to help his team come back. Trey Lance, I don't know, man. To me, it looked like he was coming off his reads too early. He'd panic, take off running. Sometimes it worked. Other times it didn't. Falling into that trap that a lot of young athletic quarterbacks fall into, not willing to get rid of the ball and find his receivers on schedule. And he was very inaccurate at times as well. So I'm not sure what the 49ers have in him yet. Now you have to cut him some slack on the accuracy because it was wet, raining like cats and dogs. It was crazy wet out there. But still, devastating loss for the 49ers. A conference loss to a weaker team. This one's going to hurt. And by the way, Elijah Mitchell, their young running back, hurt his knee. Not sure how serious that is yet. Buccaneers 19, Cowboys 3. Cowboys offense looked really impotent at this point. You know, one time I'd like a Buccaneer offensive lineman to get in Brady's face when he overthrows a receiver. That seems to be how he handles missed assignments and poor play. But hey, that's just me. Dak Prescott left the game late with a hand injury and will miss several weeks, meaning he could very well miss that Rams game week five. Now, the crazy game of the day, Steelers 23, Bengals 20. Books will be written about this game. It was a spectacle. And not for all the good reasons, but hey, it was highly entertaining. Just too bizarre to give it justice here, but I'll try. Burroughs had four turnovers in the first half, three interceptions, and a fumble. The Steelers led 17-6 at halftime. The Bengals closed 17-14 on a Tyler Boyd TD and a two-point conversion. Mike Thomas making the grab there. The Steelers kick a field goal early in the fourth to go up 20-14. And then with 13 seconds left, second and 10 from the Steelers' 12, Minka Fitzpatrick is called for unnecessary roughness. Bengals are set up really nicely. Should be able to put this game away right. On the next play, X-Ram Mike Thomas drops a would-be game winner. But Burrow hits Jamar Chase with a TD pass on the next play. And then, with a backup long snapper in, Minka Fitzpatrick flashes through and blocks the extra point, sending the game into overtime. You think it's going to be okay for the Bengals in overtime? They get another shot. Still the same backup long snapper. 
and McPherson misses a 29-yarder that would have won the game. Chris Boswell gets a shot, 55-yarder. He misses. And then after the Bengals punt, Boswell finally connects on a 53-yarder to win the game. Now, something of note, on that last Bengals punt in overtime, they did it with 64 seconds left in the game in overtime and 15 seconds on the play clock. And also worth noting, T.J. Watt injured in that game, and I think it might be kind of serious. We'll have to see. You're not going to guess here, but it didn't look good. And, you know, a really strange thing, I went to ESPN to uh, check some of my data points on this game, and it was like 12 paragraphs of T.J. Watt's injury and hardly a note about the game itself. Really odd. And I'll end this with one question. Who gets fired first, Matt Rule or Mike McCarthy? We may find out pretty soon. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. And wait, there's more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I haven't shared a sports pet peeve in a while, and I got a new one. Now, if you're watching the BYU-Boise State football game the other night, apparently there's a new rule that got called twice, and it's a strange one. So picture a pulling guard trying to lead a running back sweep to the left. The guard is in open space, and you've seen this many times before. The cornerback or safety has a bit of a mismatch problem. A 280, 300-pound guard flying at him in open space. In the play that we've seen many times, and it's a good play, the cornerback blows up the play by throwing himself, usually low, at the guard, taking the guard out of the play and himself, but allowing someone else, a trailer, to come in and make the tackle. And, you know, we've seen Jalen Ramsey do this at the NFL level. He's taken out the guard and the ball carrier. But there's a new rule. This is illegal now. You cannot go low on a pulling guard. So a 170-pound cornerback flying into open space, trying to take on a 300-pound pulling guard, cannot go low on him, cannot blow up the play like we've seen so many times before. BYU did this. It was an incredible play by the cornerback against Boise State, and the result, a 15-yard penalty against the cornerback. Now, I don't know what they want cornerbacks to do in this situation. Um, I don't know, just maybe do the ole and, hey, Free pass, guys, go right ahead. It's a bad rule. I don't know what the solution is, but this is a bad one. I I can't wait to see what 
cornerbacks do in this situation moving forward, they're basically going to get run over or try to do an ole and reach back and trip up the running back really puts a defense at a big disadvantage. And you're probably going to see more pulling guards and sweeps like that because of this rule, knowing that if they can isolate a cornerback out there or even a linebacker, defense is going to be at a big disadvantage. So bad rule. I know they're trying to protect these big guys, but maybe the solution is don't run that play. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at ramsup.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes and a link to our YouTube channel. And you can also leave us a voicemail from our website. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It's really appreciated. And remember, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.